What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. We are here after the Memphis Grizzlies just run all over the Golden State Warriors. I never thought that the Grizzlies had a shot at getting to the single-season record for wins when John Morant went down. And then they have beaten three championship contenders right here within a week's period. I, I honestly have no idea what to expect from this team anymore. Yeah, man, it, it was looking like they were, weren't going to get there. Uh, I, I was with you. I was looking at it. I was like, man, where'd they have to go? Eight, six and two, seven and two, something like that. I was like, looking at this schedule, man, it's going to be tough. You got Brooklyn, you got Milwaukee, you got Golden State, you still got uh, Phoenix, you got that road trip at Utah and at the Nuggets and then Boston season. It's like, man, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. But right now, man, it, I think it, it's down to four and two, four and two now. And I think that's really doable. Um, and, and you just look at, at this team and it's super special. And and outside of, of Memphis nationally, there's still way too many people trying to discredit this team. And, and I went back and looked. Um, and this is something I think that solidifies how good this team is. First of all, you got John Moran, who's missed 20 games. He's going to end up missing about a, a fourth of the season, uh, probably when it's all said and done with him sitting out here. But through the first 20 games of the season, Phoenix has the best record in the NBA. Through the first 20 games of the season, Phoenix was 17-3, and three, and the Grizzlies were 9-10. and 10. Since then, Phoenix is, is going 44-11, and 11, and the Grizzlies going 44-13. and 13. Like, if they had had that, that tough start, it, it had kind of been on the same trajectory all season that they've been on since that first 20 games, the Grizzlies would probably have the best record in the NBA right now. And I'm telling you, that's, that's what job missing 20, 20 plus games. They're going to be 20 plus games. That shows you that this is not a fluke. Like, I don't know why people continue to, to think that. I mean, the, all the metrics are there, all the numbers, they check all the boxes. This team is for, for real. For them to be able to do what they've done, I mean, they're not just beating teams. Like, you go back to the Brooklyn game where you had KD and, and Kyrie going off for 78 points. Not like they both had bad games and the Grizzlies kind of squeaked one out. They won the game by 12, going away. Uh, Milwaukee, you had Giannis going off in, in that game, even though they were missing Drew Holiday. You win that game by, what, 25 points. And last night, I know Golden State was missing a lot of players, but when you look at the two teams last night, Golden State looked the way that the Grizzlies, you're supposed to look when you're missing your key player. That's what you're supposed to look like. You're not supposed to do what the Grizzlies are doing when they're missing players, man. It's just been phenomenal. Their next man up mentality. And again, I think a lot of this, you've got to give a lot of credit Taylor Jenkins on this. I I see the people trying to discredit the Grizzlies, but what I don't see from them is actual like anything to back it up, any kind of substance to to be like this this is why our our you know this is fluky because of this. They've got nothing. They there's nothing that they can bring out. Because nothing that the Grizzlies are doing is fluky. They're playing good defense. They're executing. They're doing the things that they need to do in order to win the games. And I thought it was funny last night. John Morant, you know, he, he sees. He's a, you know he sees a lot. Yeah. He gets on, and you know I, I love <laughs> it that he, he cracks heads. You know, somebody says something crazy, and he'll call him out about it. But he he got on Twitter last night, and he's like, you know, everybody. You know the Grizzlies are yeah eighteen and two without John Morant, and then it shows him celebrating. So obviously that narrative has no effect on him. He, yeah. uh, I, I think it was Desmond. I can't remember if it was Dylan or Desmond that talked about the camaraderie on the team last night in the post game presser. 
but they were talking about how these guys support each other and you can see it. it it's top to bottom coach Jenkins talked about it in his pregame presser about how these guys support each other and, and I think that has a lot to do with why this team is winning because it's not a selfish, I've got to go out there and get mine. It's if we are succeeding, then everybody, you know, like the whole team is succeeding. It's it's a, a, a we, not me mentality from them. Yeah, there's not, there's not any egos on this team. I, I think John Morant being that, that superstar player, I think if he went out and had 10 points, uh, and they end up winning the game. I think he'd be fine with that. I don't. He's not a guy that's going out and trying to put up. He goes out and puts out numbers, but I think he does that because in the in the vein of winning. I don't think he's going out just hunting numbers like you would see kind of some some other superstars doing. And I think that trickles down. All these guys support each other. I mean, you can just see it during the game um, from from guys on the bench when just like X, we see him in a rotation now. He's been all the way out of the rotation, and I don't, when you talk to him and Hear quotes of him. He doesn't have, doesn't seem to be upset about it at all. And when his number numbers tall, he's come out and produced for this team. And he hadn't played in a while. It's been a long time since we've seen him actually in the rotation. And, and that's why these guys, every time their numbers call, they just come in and play because they don't have any egos. I don't think they're sitting on the bench pouting because they're not getting minutes. X could be a guy who could be on another team and probably get minutes. Uh, but on this team, they're they're just so loaded. The depth is is so deep there that. A lot of these guys just don't get the opportunity to play, and I don't think they, they're upset about that because you see the celebrations on the bench. They're building up other guys, cheering them on when, when stuff's going on, and you just you don't see that a lot. I mean, it's almost like a college team atmosphere with this team, and it, it, it's special. I mean, you just don't see, like, the, the, the walk-off interviews. You got the whole team there going crazy, man, pumping the guys up. It's just, just phenomenal, man. And, and from top to bottom, like you said, from the coaching staff to – all the players that do jobs to the last man on the bench, man, they all support each other and, and, and want each other to do well. And that that's real with this team. And I think that goes a long way towards the success they've been able to have. Yeah, they, they've been playing extremely well at home. They play well on the road. There's no limit to where the success is coming from there. I think last night's win gave them eight in a row at home. Uh, the Grizzlies PR tweeted this out last night. The Grizzlies have won 13 games by 25 points or more this season. That's the most in the NBA since the 2016-17 Warriors also won 13 games. And then since the NBA-ABA merger, the only team that has won more games by 25 points or more is the 15-16 Spurs. Those teams, the 15-16 Spurs and the 16-17 Warriors – those are some good teams to be in company with. And, and and it's, I wonder how many of those games have come without John Morant and how many other teams in the league could do this. And, and I think it's safe to say that no other teams in the league can do this because if they could, we would be seeing it. This team has a lot of guys that can play and this coaching staff has instilled confidence in them. Obviously, the guys have a certain level of swag, confidence in themselves, but they know that the coaching staff trusts them, and it's translating out there on the floor. Just it, it's great to watch. It's great for us. We we get to to talk about it. It gives us plenty of content to talk about, and, and it's significantly easier when you're covering a team that's playing like this as opposed to covering, say, the Lakers this season a team that had high expectations but is very much underachieving, 
it, it makes it makes our job easier and i'm i'm excited to see where this team goes in the playoffs because my confidence level in them started off you know beginning of the season you if you've been listening to the show for a while you know that we gave preseason predictions and Isaac and I were both well under where they are right now. Yeah, I think everybody probably was. But yeah, my, right now, I, I'm confident in saying that this team has a legitimate shot at winning the title this year. The way that DeAnthony Melton has been playing, the the dunk that he had last night, the way that he's been shooting the ball. Oh, man. Has went out. <laughs> Desmond Bain, the way that he's been playing all season. Kyle Anderson has kind of gotten back into the form of what we expect to see from Kyle Anderson. And these things add up. And, and you mentioned Tillman and him not playing very much. And then he didn't shoot well from the field last night, but still was a, a positive impact player. Yeah. When he plays, he was a plus 16, nine rebounds, three assists. He had a steal, only five points again, struggled from the field, but he had a good night. He was very productive and this is a yeah, guy. Yeah, three, three or four from the line. What, what, what would you say? He's probably twelfth or thirteenth man on the bench. How many? Yeah. How many teams <laughs> have a guy of that caliber that deep on their bench? And I, I don't think that you can point out any other team in the league that has it, man. It, it's just not there. Yeah, and I was really interested in last night's game because Jerry Jackson Jr. was a late scratch, and we talked about how different the defense is when, when Jared Jackson Jr. is not out there. And in the first quarter, it showed. I, I was a little bit worried in how that game started off because it seemed like offense was coming really easy for Golden State. The Grizzlies were struggling, but then eventually Golden State started missing shots. It wasn't, I don't think, so much the Grizzlies' defense. It was just bad basketball on both sides. But but something clicked in that second quarter, man. And from then on, they just took off. And Golden State really wasn't even in the game from there. You got Steve Kerr getting ejected right before halftime. I mean, I don't think he wanted any parts of sticking around to seeing that beat down, man. I think he was ready to go back, go back to the hotel, man, and, and get out of town. And, and that's interesting, man, with the way Golden State has kind of handled this whole situation. I remember, I can't remember what that game was, maybe three weeks ago where they said that they weren't, it was the Denver game, the, the makeup Denver game where they said they weren't going to, gonna their guys weren't going to make the trip. Like a few of their main guys, I'm like, you're in the middle of a playoff race right now. Like, the Grizzlies are, like, uh, maybe a couple games behind you at that point. Like, why are you kind of punting on games right now? Like, I didn't understand that. And they kind of continue with that mentality, even though Clay has been back and, and, and seems to be fully healthy. They're resting him and Dray, Draymond. And anytime on back-to-back, you would have think they would have rested them in Washington and probably played them in Memphis. And they, for some reason, decided that they, they were going to do it the opposite. And I don't, I don't understand. It seems like they're just kind of – content with where they are and honestly when I'm looking at the schedules I really do think Golden State's going to fall to four I'm looking at the Mavericks schedule and looking at at what the Golden State has left and kind of the way they're treating this I would say it's probably likely that they end up fourth and that's a a big deal to to go from thinking that you could be the two seed to three to four because I mean if even if 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 you get out of that four or five matchup which that was that ends up being uh, Utah or Denver whichever one that ends up being you're going to get Phoenix in the second round and that's not not what you want, man, if you're trying to get to the Western Conference Finals, get to the finals. that That's a tough road, but for some reason, Steve Kerr and their staff, they just seem to kind of be punting on on the seating issue. Uh, and I don't know, man, it's kind of strange to me how they're handling this. I was talking with Drew Hill and Michael Cole before Coach Jenkins came into the pregame. Uh, th- there were a number of other guys staying in there, but us three were kind of, you know, in the middle of this conversation. 
I don't get the mindset behind playing your guys in Washington. I realize that that is a, a game that's probably easier to win, but it's a half game. You, you got a chance to make up a full game. If they win in Memphis, they make up a full game. If they win that Wizards game, it's a half game. And your team, this this team that played the Grizzlies last night, shorthanded, went into Miami and beat Miami again. My, you know, we've talked about Miami having the turmoil and the troubles down yeah. there. But to me, I, I think the smart play was going after this Memphis game because of the seeding implications. But it, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I know that you know these guys are in that position because they have a strategy and I would imagine that the Warriors don't care really who they play, but why would you not want the path of least resistance whenever it comes to you, you have Clay Thompson coming back off of a major injury, Steph Curry, we, we still are not a hundred percent sure what he's going to look like when he comes back, if he's able to return Draymond green has been injured off and on all season long I would much rather match up against teams that I feel like I'm going to have a better chance against, even though you don't necessarily fear anybody. There's not anybody in this bracket as, as someone that covers the Grizzlies. I'm not scared of anybody in there, but you can look on paper and you can see that a, a road of the, the Timberwolves or Clippers and Dallas would be easier than say the Nuggets and Phoenix that it's it's just an easier path to the finals and with the way that team health has been there's a lot of head scratching moments that have happened yeah and another thing is just the chemistry uh they've had guys in and out of the lineup trying to work guys in and out and you only got looking at six games left and these guys really haven't played together you're already going to have to try to work step back in and again you got Clay and, and Draymond trying to work back, and they're, every time they have a back-to-back, they're sitting out one of the games. I, I don't know, man. It's just just weird to me. Like you said, I think they probably kind of have the same mentality that they're not scared of anybody. But, I mean, to, to possibly follow the four, which, again, I'm looking at the schedule. I think I wouldn't put my money on that's what happens at this point. That's a tremendous difference even from three because, I mean, you're looking at, uh, again, like Dallas and Utah in the first round and then potentially Phoenix in the second round. That's not a not an easy path uh, for for a team. And you look at the schedule. I think uh, Golden State has Phoenix tomorrow night, and Dallas has the Lakers at home tonight, and they're at Cleveland. I mean, this thing could be they could be, and, and Dallas has a tiebreaker against them. So this could be they could be in fourth spot by the end of tomorrow night, which is crazy uh, from fall from where they were. Uh, because at one point, I mean, the Grizzlies were chasing them, but we were kind of like, could this really happen? And it ended up happening pretty easily. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised at how easily this has happened. I mean, because we, we kind of circled that game last night as, man, okay, that's going to be this huge game. And honestly, it, it really wasn't. Even if the Grizzlies had somehow lost that game, I think the Grizzlies would still end up 2 to 2 seed. So, I mean, it's weird how they kind of handled it. I know the step injury was unfortunate, but like I said, no issues with that because we're without job. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's not like the Grizzlies don't have guys out either. I mean, it's just kind of interesting to see, see how that plays out. But again, I think they're going to end up fourth. And I've talked about this. I put a poll out about the Grizzlies' potential path. And you look at the Clippers, and, and they're about to get Paul George back. So there's a chance that we've kind of tilted in Minnesota there for that first-round series. 
there's a chance that it could end up being the Clippers as well. Um, even Denver could slip back in there. I don't think that's going to happen, but they could fall back at the play in. Minnesota could jump up to six, but I think the Clippers get them a little bit more credit. But I think if I had to bet right now, I'd probably still say Minnesota ends up being the Grizzlies' opponent in the first round, but it could be the Clippers as well. But if Golden State falls to four, you're looking at a scenario where you could have Minnesota the Clippers in the first round and Dallas in the second round. And I put out the poll, it was close. Uh, I, I Honestly, I thought it was going to end up being people preferred Minnesota Golden State just because of this narrative, which I think is extremely overblown of Minnesota and Dallas being these terrible matchups. And, and I just think when you get into the playoffs, the, Gri- the Grizzlies weren't healthy in any of those games. They didn't have Dylan Brooks. Uh, there was some weird stuff going on with, with both teams. When you talk about Minnesota Dallas, they had guys out. Grizzlies had guys out. When you get into a seven-game series in the playoffs, you're keying in on certain aspects of that team. That's the only team that you're concerned with. Things are a little bit different in a seven-game series. And when you look at Minnesota and Dallas, those are two teams that we haven't seen them do it. We've seen Golden State do it time and time again. We know what those guys are capable of when they're healthy. I just feel I would rather take my chances with Minnesota, the Clippers, and, and, and Dallas than messing around with Golden State in the second round. I feel if that ends up being the road for the Grizzlies, not that I'm overconfident or anything, but I feel like the Grizzlies are on their way to the Western Conference Finals if, if they get that fast. Not that they wouldn't be if they had Golden State in the second round, but I feel better about that because I just don't you, we haven't seen Dallas do it. Dallas is kind of Dallas and Minnesota are kind of in the same position that the Grizzlies are. I mean, their team, they haven't had a lot of playoff success or been on these long runs, and Golden State has done it. So again, that's my preference. So a lot of people, a lot of Grizz fans think think the opposite of that, but that's kind of the way I feel on it. Yeah, I, I don't know that it, th- there's a difference between having talent and knowing we know that Luca is a phenomenal player, but there are plenty of examples of phenomenal players that were just never able to get it done. They were never able to take their team to that next level. And so until we see Dallas do it, you, to me, I think it's a no brainer to have more concern in facing golden state than, than Dallas, because you have, you know, Steph Curry, that that trio, you know, one, one of the, the better trios to ever play together with Steph, Draymond, and Clay, they, they've done it, and they've done it multiple times. They know what it takes, and Luka hasn't tasted that yet. So it, it's not to downplay what he's capable of, but if you give me the option 100 times, I'm taking Dallas – over Golden State as far as, like, who I would rather play. I'm picking Dallas over Golden State 100 times out of 100. Yeah, I, I definitely agree 100%. I, Candace even chimed in and said that she preferred Golden State. And, again, I, I'm not scared of anybody. I think I feel good about this Grizzlies team going up into a series against anybody in the league. Not that I feel like they're necessarily going to win every series or they're going to win a championship. But, I mean, there's always prefaces. And I just feel like, just like we said, I feel like, Golden State has been there. They've been through the wars. They've won championships with those three main guys. And, and Dallas and Minnesota just hasn't done that. They're similar to the Grizzlies. This is them advancing to the second round and playing these big-time series. This is kind of new territory for them. I mean, Luka is fantastic, but we haven't seen him do it. And I just think when you look at that supporting cast of, of Dallas, I like the Grizzlies guys as far as depth-wise. I like the Grizzlies guys better than, than what they have. And, that, again, that doesn't – 
take anything away from them. That doesn't mean I'm saying, oh, 100% the Grizz going to go in there, sweep Dallas if they match up against them. I just like that matchup, and I feel better going up against Dallas uh, than, than I would going up against Golden State in a, in a series. I honestly believe the Grizzlies will win either one of those series in the second round. I feel like this Grizzlies team, if they're playing, especially with what we're getting now, like you had job back into this, and if these guys continue like De'Anthony Melton, continue doing what he's doing and shooting the basketball, you got Bain who said last night that the game is kind of slowing down for him, and you could, you could see it. Uh, in his rookie year last year, we always talked about, man, we just wish he'd shoot more. Man, his confidence right now is off the charts. You can just see it. He's going out there hunting those shots like he's even forcing them. And I don't have any problem with him forcing them because he's knocking them down. Like if he was missing them, then he, I was, even him with, with his ability, I want him to keep shooting regardless. But he's even forcing shots like the fly-by king. Like guys have defense on him, man. He gets the pump fake and they step to the side, man, still put, lets that thing go. And he's, he's on fire right now, man. And, and that was one of the Achilles heel of this team was three-point shooting. And, I mean, you get – the 10 threes between him and Melton last night. I mean, they're just on fire right now. That brings a different dynamic. And off the bench, BC is a guy who just, as I said, brings a different dynamic to this team because when your offense is struggling, he's a guy that you don't have to run plays for, but he has the ability to create and get that little push shot in the lane. And that's valuable because there are times where this, this offense it, over, over time, especially over the last couple months, is has struggled a little bit. He comes in and he's able to, to create those extra opportunities, getting offensive rebounds and, and getting that little push shot. And that really helps uh, those points. So I, I'm feeling really, really good about this team right now. And, and and I don't think, and I don't know why you couldn't because it's remarkable what they're doing with, without job. I mean, to be able to not just winning games, but blowing teams out and blowing championship contender teams out when you look at Brooklyn and, and, and Milwaukee and what they were able to do in those two games. Yeah. I, I got to go back to the Golden State-Dallas thing. If you look at those two teams, I think that, in my opinion, Steph Curry is the best player out of out of those two rosters, and then Luka is second. If you're ranking them by the best players, after Luka, where does the next Dallas Maverick come in? Because they don't have anybody. Guess Jalen Brunson, I guess you'd say. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, our Spencer Dinwiddie, but yeah. they, they don't have anybody that is better than Clay Thompson, better no. than Draymond Green. You could definitely argue Andrew Wiggins over any other, you know, whether Brunson or, or Dinwiddie. Yeah. And then the way I know that Kuminga is a rookie, but I, I don't know that you could even discount what he's capable of. Like, because of what they've done in their career, I think that you would probably pick Dinwiddie or Brunson over him. But running down that list, after after Luka, probably the next at least three, maybe more than that, guys. Be Golden State. It, it, it'd be Golden State. And so that, that's why, to me, that that's why the roster is that. And I just – I don't get this roster construction in Dallas. And I know – that them moving Porzingis is going to free them up financially. It gave them another guy in Dinwiddie who has been good for them. Yeah, he's been real good for them, but, but I, 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 don't I still don't that make that, that move. Yeah, no. I don't think that made that team better. I think that gave them more flexibility to go out and make moves, but it just it just seems weird to me. And w- when it comes down to, obviously, we don't get to choose who they're playing but it's a no-brainer. You know, the Grizzlies have played well against the Warriors. They're 3-1 and one against them this year after last night's win. 
and that they struggled against Dallas. But I'm saying in a playoff series, I still I, I want Dallas first, and, and that's it. It is what it is, man. You know, we we just we can kind of what if that to death. There is one thing that happened last night, and, and I know I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but I, I know it was garbage minutes, but I was loving it, and that was Zaire Williams. Zaire. Yeah. Running the running the offense when when he they had that garbage time it was probably like the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, Zaire was in there, and they had him bringing the ball up the floor, and I I didn't get the opportunity last night to ask Coach Jenkins about it. I'm hoping in the pregame presser tomorrow I can talk to him about that, but this coaching staff this organization has been great at developing talent. And I don't believe for one second that that was an accident that the ball was in Zaire's hands because we've watched him slowly grow. They stuck with him through the bad times. There were times where he was literally the worst rotation player in the NBA statistically this year. And the Grizzlies grinded through that. They stuck with it. And now we're seeing this product where he he's playing great defense against guys. He's able to, you know, do things at, at a higher level. You see the confidence just rise in him almost every time he's on the floor. And I mean, I, I got there early yesterday. I was out there watching him warm up and I was watching the trainers work with him and work with him taking contact. They were being real physical with him. So he can, you know, putting on that muscle, getting used to absorbing that contact and finishing so you can see this, the ball is rolling and the growth from him, it's just, you know, it's been incremental steps all season long of him just growing and growing and growing. And then obviously, you know, with Desmond Bain and what he's been doing. But my question for you with the Zaire stuff, do you think, I feel like it's a lock that we're going to see it in summer league. Do you think heading into the off season with, the things we know that that we don't know, but I think we can say with confidence that Tyus Jones is going to play elsewhere next year. So the Grizzlies are going to need another playmaker. Do you feel like we see a leap from Zaire in his playmaking abilities headed into the season next year because of what they're doing? Oh, but the first off, to go back to to the Zaire stuff at the beginning of the season. I mean, just the point that we're would be comfortable right now with Zaire getting minutes in the playoffs tells you everything you need to know about his development. Because you go back to the way he looked early in those games, and there's no way that we would have said at that point, yeah, I feel like this is a guy that's going to be in the playoff rotation if they make the playoffs this year. And I'm fully confident, hoping he gets minutes um, in the playoffs. So that's just how much he developed, and that's a, a testament to the staff and the confidence that they've instilled in him. But as far as the playmaking of building, we saw that same thing with with Desmond Bain uh, last year in summer league where they kind of told him going in, man, we're going to put you on the ball. Uh, we want to see what you can do. We know that you can, you can shoot the basketball, but we want to kind of develop other aspects of your game. And as you said, I don't think that was a coincidence at all uh, late in that game last night. I, that gives kind of gives you a window and kind of, kind of into what they're thinking. And I think we can see a similar thing with, with Zaire kind of being a leader of that summer league team this summer. Uh, and, and they have him on the basketball doing, doing some things and, run the team and I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about this summer league. That's not to crush this. Hopefully we'll be coming off an NBA championship and going into that summer league. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited about Zaire and, and the opportunity that he's going to get out there. Um, that, that's going to be really good to see and all these guys. Santi, um, and he's been, been killing it um, in, in the G League. And I know 
that's a different level. But it, it's going to be uh, interesting in some league for this Grizzlies team because they got some pieces here and you could, could have three draft picks. Hopefully the Lakers can do something, maybe make the play in. Feels like AD is on his way back. So who, who knows how they handle that situation. But there could be a lot of guys we're looking at. But I think Zaire is going to be paramount in, in that setting. And, and I think similar to what we saw last year with Desmond Bain, I think Zaire could be that guy in, in summer league this year. And I think that that's something that they're going to try to develop because I think he has the skills to be able to do that, uh, to, to be on the basketball and kind of create uh, with his size and be kind of that, that point forward, something that we've seen a little bit of from, from Kyle Anderson in the past. I think Zaire definitely has some potential there. Um, and I think even Santi is, is a guy that can, at his size, that can, can, can do a little bit dribbling the basketball, bringing the basketball up the floor. So that, that's going to be fun, man. But again, as I hear, is, I think the sky's the limit with him, and they really believe in him. And I think they're, that he's going to be the guy that they put kind of the emphasis on when we go out to Vegas this summer. I agree 100%. I, I think that we're going to see him shine in the summer league. He's going to have a year of playing with NBA-level talent. And then you, you saw it. We saw what Desmond Bain was able to do in the summer league this season because of the the role that he played last year for this Grizzlies team. And I, I hate I feel like it's generic to say it like this, but Desmond Bain was better than the summer league. He was just his yeah, talents and everything. Easy. And, and, and practice is always good. In-game action is always better than than regular practice. But he he was you could tell that he was a superior player compared to the majority of the guys that were playing in summer league. And, and I feel like we will see that with Zaire heading in the next summer. Um, I, I want to run through the, the, the box score here, the stats, and then I want to close out, do it a little, we generally end with the box score, but I saw something today. Uh, I was just laying on the couch watching ESPN and somebody made a comment. I want to talk to you about that. get your thoughts about that. But if you want to you know, run through the box score real quick yeah. in this game, and then we can get into that and wrap it up, man. Yeah, Grizzlies go 43 of 92 for 46.7%. Uh, Golden State, 33 to eight, 33 of 81 for 40.7%. So, yeah, man, the Grizzlies will have more shots on goal. That's what you like to see in the Grizzlies box score. Uh, Grizzlies, really good night from three. Uh, a lot of that to do with, obviously, Desmond Bain and De'Anthony Melton um, going what they have. Bain was five of six. Melton was five of nine. So that's that 10 of, 10 of 14. Uh, 10 of 14 from three. That's insane stuff um the golden state nine of 29 for 31 percent grizzlies plus one in attempts plus three in, in make so that's a nine point advantage from the three-point line for the grizzlies right. last night i i'm gonna take full credit for this three-point turnaround because <laughs> the grizzlies have been shooting the ball well from three lately they started last night's game one for ten and yeah. i tweeted out i'm like you know after a few good games of shooting the three the grizzlies have fallen off the cliff they're one for ten from three and then all of a sudden, De'Anthony Melton makes like three in a row. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Let's go. Yeah, but, but it, it's almost unbelievable, man, to watch how well he's shooting the basketball right now. We've seen him on heaters, but what he's looking like, and I told you, man, best three-point shooter in the world, man, like over these last couple of games, like he's just pulling up with confidence, just knocking it down like you just know what's going in when it comes out. And hopefully he can keep this up in the playoffs because last year it was kind of the, the complete opposite. He had had a – hot streak early, I think, in January, and then just kind of dropped off a cliff offensively, and that carried on to the playoffs, and he was was not good. But, again, he left, raised the ceiling for this team when he's shooting the basketball like that off the bench. Uh, but free throw linemen, still a, a struggle last night. They got to the line uh, 35 attempts, 25 of 35 for 71.4%. 
Uh, Golden State, 20 of 26 for 76.9%. Uh, so Grizzlies plus nine in, in attempts and plus five in makes. Uh, so that's a 14-point advantage for the Grizzlies between free throws and three-pointers, man. But again, man, we hammer this every every episode. I, I, don't, I just don't think it's going to get any better, man. I think that's they're going to shoot around 70%, and that's just going to be, be it. I mean, that's kind of what they've been all season, man. It looks like it was going to be continued. But they did a, did a good job of getting there, man. You just wish they could have knocked down a few more. Uh, but rebounds, 52 uh, rebounds, 13, uh, 13 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies, 40 rebounds for the Golden State, seven offensive assists. Did not hit 30 uh, last night, but didn't need to the way guys were, were shooting the basketball individually. Uh, but 26 assists, 18 for Golden State. Grizzlies still getting in passing lanes. Of 11 steals uh, to six for Golden State. Not a block party, man. A lot of that had to, to do with Jaron Jackson Jr. not being on the floor. Only three blocks for the Grizzlies to seven for Golden State last night. Uh, 14 turnovers for the Grizzlies, 17 Golden State. Uh, fast break points, 24 to nine. Grizzlies do fantastic job of, of keeping teams out, out of out of fast breaks and scored on a fast break and did a good job of that last night. And not again, not a big big night for the Grizzlies in the paint, 48. That's a really really low number for them. But again, that has a lot to do with the three-point shooting uh, barrage that they had last night. So they tied Golden State there, 48-48 in points in the paint. Yeah, I was super concerned early that the Warriors were going to be able to just pound the paint consistently. Yeah, it looked like that early. They were getting easy, easy offense there early. I was like, man, uh-oh, this could be a problem. This could be one of those nights where you kind of go in confident, think it's going to be an easy game, and, and you don't have Jared in there, and it's just a – a parade to the paint, and it looked like it was going to be that earlier, but they started to miss shots, and the Grizzlies started to make shots, and once they got to the second quarter, man, Grizzlies just took off from there, and they were never able to, to, to get back into it at all. Yeah, another franchise record last night, most points in a in the second quarter, 43, <laughs> just <laughs> constant. I the, the, There is no doubt, I don't think that there's any argument that you can make about this being the best team that the Grizzlies have ever put on the floor. And that's why I'm hoping they get that, that 57. I want it solidified in the, in the record books that this is the best team. I think tie test-wise, it's not even a question, but I want it to be solidified with that, that 57 wins. And I think they have a, have a really good chance to get there. I'm, the only thing that I think could stop them, and I wouldn't even say that because we've seen, just like last night when guys are out, they continue to win, is they're only one, one game away from locking up Southwest Division in the two-seed. So I, I think there's a possibility. We know how this this coaching staff kind of likes to, to rest guys and err on the side of college. And we you saw can see with them Jaren last night. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, Jaron could have played. I don't think there's he's injured or anything like that or anything to worry about. And I think you could kind of see that down the stretch. Um, I, I do want to ask you tomorrow's game is it, it, it's kind of tricky because San Antonio is going to be highly motivated because they they're playing to try to get into the play in, um, and they even though the Grizzlies have won. These games over the last couple of years, they've always played the Grizz extremely tough. I remember that last game in, in San Antonio was kind of a battle. It looked like the Grizzlies might lose that game uh, for a while. They're late, I think, in the third quarter. I think the Grizzlies had a big lead, I think, and they, and they blew it. San Antonio, I think, went up in the third quarter, and they kind of had to fight to the finish. For some reason, ever since that, that playoff series, uh, that, that the Grizzlies knocked them off, it's always been a battle with that team. The Grizzlies, have, over the last few years, have won the majority of those games, but they've all been close. So that's going to be an interesting game. Grizzlies have an opportunity to help themselves as well because if you're the Grizzlies, I'm sure the players, and if you ask Taylor Jenkins, he probably would say he doesn't even know this. If you asked him, I, and I'm not sure how much of that is coach speak, uh, he said he only looks at the standings maybe once a week. But if they, they need the Lakers to make the playoffs if you're the Grizzlies. And winning tomorrow night 
helps you in there because they're right on on the trail. I mean, you expect the Lakers probably lose to Dallas tonight with uh, no LeBron James likely in that one. But they are upgrading uh, Anthony Davis to doubtful. So that means that he's probably going to be back in the next couple games. So I'm just praying, man, that they can put something together and win a few games down the stretch and maybe we won't be in a situation to where they have to make the, the playoffs in order to get that pick. But I'm, I'm not optimistic. Yeah, the, the, right now, tonight, heading into tonight's games, the Spurs are a half game back of the Lakers yeah. for that 10 seed. So, so you, it's, you really need to win that game. Yeah. It, do you, And also, that, that's not one. If you're going to break that record, that's not one of the ones that you need to lose. Right. Yeah, and, and that's how Dylan Brooks addressed that last night. He talked about the maturity from the team and how they would fall into those trap games last year and how it's easy for them to get up for the big games, the Bucks, the Warriors, but the teams like the Pacers and the Spurs, he didn't he, he only said the Pacers, but you know, he's talking about teams that are kind of in the tank mode. It's hard to get up for those games. And not that the Spurs are in tank mode. They've won their last four games. Yeah. But this is not a championship contending team. And the Grizzlies know that. So hopefully knowing that heading in they will be ready to go. I don't want to see another stinker like what we have witnessed in, you know, that loss to Atlanta minus Trey Young was awful. Yeah, because we're feeling good right now. Yeah, you don't want to. I don't want to see them fall back into that. The The thing that I wanted to to discuss, Jalen and Jacoby, did you uh, – have you heard what Jalen Rose was talking about? Do you know where I'm going with this at all? No, I haven't. No, I haven't heard anything about it. So they were having a conversation and they were talking about Zion Williamson and Jalen Rose mentioned, he said, if Zion leaves new Orleans, he expects Memphis to be in the running to land Zion Williamson. And so I know the package makes a difference. What you're giving up, what you're offering. I know that that makes a difference, but in a vacuum, without knowing our, our let, let's say that you know that you're not going to give up Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, and Ja Morant. Even without that, regardless of the package, how do you feel about Zion coming to play for the Grizzlies? And what would that look like for you? What kind of package would it look like for you in order for you to be comfortable with that happening? Yeah, man, that, that's the, the two biggest things are what is it going to take to get him and, and his health? Like, it, it's hard for me to, to say that right now because I, I just don't know where he is. I know we saw the, the video of, of the dunk and, and everything like that, but that doesn't mean that he's ready to go out on the basketball court and perform on a consistent level. Um, if, if I knew that he was healthy, I mean, 100%, I'm 100% in on it. If, if you don't have to give up any of those three guys, I don't think – just with with this history of health and the the being in shape thing, I don't think I give up any of that that big three that you mentioned. Um, but anything outside of that, if I know that he's going to be healthy and be able to contribute, I, I think I go for it because you already know that he has the relationship he has with John Morant. This is a superstar player bringing in a guy that that he has some chemistry with. I think helps long term. And if, if he's the Zion Wilson that I think you saw when he was healthy, I mean, I, I think that puts this team on a championship level, he could be that guy that you that we talk about, are they going to go out and get another guy? He could certainly be that guy. I mean, he was an all-star uh, this rookie season. Uh, and so we know what he's capable of when he's healthy. 
So, I mean, I understand what, what Jalen is, is saying, and I understand the connection with Josh. So, I think Memphis is definitely going to be a go-to anytime that gets mentioned. Um, and, and I do think he's going to leave, leave New Man, the word's out today. I think he's going to leave New Orleans. Um, and, and, again, man, I think if they feel like he's healthy and, and he's going to be that guy that's not going to kind of turn into a Greg Oden situation to where he's kind of in and out to the point to where it, it ends up not working out, I'm all for taking a shot at it. As long as you don't have to, to break up the big three. Because right now I'm saying when anybody they bring in, I don't – I'm not – I've seen enough from this, from this, this core – to feel like I don't want them to break that up unless they're going out and getting like I don't even know I don't even know who the person would be that I would be willing to break up any of those guys for. Uh, right now I don't I just don't think they need to do that with anybody really. I just think we want to see what happens with this team into the playoffs and and how good they could be before you even try to make those decisions. But just back to your point, I think if if I know that he's going to be healthy outside of breaking up that three, I, I would be one hundred percent in on bringing them in. I think a lot of a lot of stuff that you see out there gets overblown, a lot of just crap because before we saw the video of that dunk, you're hearing that he's 350 pounds and yeah. like, you're you're expecting the next time that you see this dude that he's going to look like fat bastard or something, you know, like <laughs> it, it's yeah. like it, you you it's craziness that this picture that people are trying to paint and then you see him in that video and you can't say that he was in the shape. You know, th- th- there was a picture early last year, you know, showing him just, yeah. Grit, right. <laughs> yeah. And he's not in that kind of condition right now, but he's also not as far out of shape as what a lot of no, people. You, 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 you're not doing that. If, if he's yeah. looking, he's in the shape that people are implying. You're not doing that. I don't, I don't care whether you can run up and down the court or get out of breath or whatever. You're not making that move off the bounce. If you were in the state that people were trying to kind of imply he was in. Yeah. And, and so the, uh, the athletic ability, yeah, there's a ton of questions. There's so many questions that have to be answered, but I think because of the upside that it's, it's a no brainer. If you can get him for something that doesn't cost you the franchise, j- just because of that chemistry, I, I think you have to give that a shot. It's all hearsay. You know, we're, we're just theory craft and we don't know for sure that Zion is leaving. There's been a lot of reports about him being unhappy down there. Is it the size of the market? Is it the way the franchise is handling things? I have no idea. We, we don't know 100% truth about any of that, but I just thought it was interesting. A lot of times when you hear big name free agents, Memphis is not the team that is associated with where are they going to go. You're usually looking at New York, LA, Miami. You know, it's always big market teams. And I was happy to hear that Memphis was the first team that came out of his mouth. But I I really do think, and I know Memphis normally is not going to be a big free agent destination, but I think with John Morant and his infectious personality. I think people watch outside of this team, the camaraderie that they have with each other. I think that they're, they're going to be able to get somebody um, in here in, in free agency. I just think because this is such a different dynamic than you see with other teams and they're really, really good. I mean, I think that matters. I don't think when you're in a small market, we've never had a team that's second best record in the NBA two seed in the West. I think that matters. And then they've never had, 
a star player like John Morant. And I think that matters. I'm not saying Memphis is going to become L.A. when it comes to a free agent destination. But I, I do think over, the, over over time they're going to be able to attract some free agents here much better than they have in the past. I, I really do believe that. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. People, talent attracts talent. And John Morant is generational talent. John Morant's a superstar. He is definitely going to attract other players. You will see guys taking a pay cut to play with John Morant, regardless of what market he's in. So I'm here for it. I'm, I'm along for the ride. Again, final score of the, the game last night, uh, Memphis Grizzlies 123, the Golden State Warriors 95. The Grizzlies improved to 53 and 23, and they have all but secured the Southwestern Division title. They are six and a half games up on Dallas with seven games to play. So a Grizzlies win and or a Dallas loss, they secure the division title, and they're five games up on the Golden State Warriors. So the magic number there is two, a Grizzlies win, and what is it, two Grizzlies wins? Hold on. I haven't even, I, I haven't even I, looked I, at it because I, I know what's yeah. happening, so I haven't really even – Broke broke it down on that one. I mean, it would have yeah, to, it would be yeah, it's, it's, they have to lose out almost in order for it to not happen. And Golden State would have to. I think it might be. I, I want to say a, a Grizzlies win. I think I want to say a Grizzlies win ends it. Yeah, it's they own the tiebreaker, so they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. So I want to say a Grizzlies win, and that's it. We'll, we'll go ahead and night. wrap it up and get out of here. Uh, you can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at David W two one 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 Candice. Not with us. She will be with us on Wednesday night, hopefully. She is at Seahawks. That's the letter C-H-A-W-K-S-901. Go check her out. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. Grizz will be at the Spurs tomorrow night. A little bit of a later tip, 7, 730. Uh, not 7, so a little bit of a later game. Line is out. Grizzlies are a six-and-a-half-point favorite um, in that one. And, again, I think this one is kind of tricky. Uh, San Antonio is going to be – Give it full out effort because they're trying to trying to sneak in that play in, man. They haven't they haven't quit playing. They have an opportunity here. But I think if you're the Grizzlies, I know that they're probably not focused on this. But be nice to get that one, man, because you want the Lakers to at least make the play in because it's looking like you're not going to be in a position to get that pick without the Lakers making it out as the eight seed. I think that's kind of going to be your your only chance right now, unless the Lakers surprise and win three or four games here down the stretch, which I don't see happening. So going to be interested in that one, man. I think me and David agreed. One thing, Murray is both. To, to one of our favorite players outside of the Memphis Grizzlies. So I love watching them play. Uh, a lot of great young talent on that team. Kelvin Johnson, Yaka Pertle, man, they, they play hard. Pop has that team playing hard. So it's not going to be easy one. They always give the Grizzlies problems. But hopefully, as Dylan Brooks talked about in the postgame last night, uh, they're, they're ready and focused and ready to go that one. Because I think if you're going to break that record and go 4-2, and two, that's not going to be one of the two games that you want to lose. Because if you lose that one, I think that makes it a little bit tougher. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Uh, this ISAAC underscore rivals. Uh, again, we'll be back for post game tomorrow night. Hope you can stay to join us. And until then, we go. And that will conclude our Sports Ethos presentation. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.